0: Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. Welcome back to The Motivated Mind, a top 100 health podcast thanks to each of you. This is episode 269, and I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Thanks so much for listening. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you want to hear more of. And please be sure to share the podcast. Today we have another special guest that joins the pod, Devin Burke, an international TEDx speaker the best-selling author of The Sleep Advantage, the founder of Sleep Science Academy, and one of the top health and sleep coaches in the world. His books, keynotes, programs, and videos have inspired thousands of people to improve their sleep, energy, and life. His mission is to give the 40-plus million people who suffer from poor sleep, the tools and support they need to stop suffering and start sleeping as quickly as possible. Devin and I discuss how we can optimize our sleep, how our sleep is the result, not the problem, how technology is impacting our sleep and hijacking our brains, the ROI of sleep and the benefits of Delta sleep and REM sleep, how we cannot master sleep unless we measure our sleep, optimizing the core devices of our lives, and lastly, creating the conditions for sleep to happen. I hope you all enjoy our conversation. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. One thing I'm really curious about. So I picked up your book right? I haven't dug into it yet. I've, I've started to skim this, but out of curiosity, how did you get into the sleep game? Like what was that gravitational force for you that, that pulled you in to becoming a top health and, and sleep coach?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it was not out of my own pain. A lot of people were like, wow, you must've had such a bad sleep issue to, to get into in such a boring topic. It was actually someone else that I was working with before I, I dove into sleep and really became an expert in helping people restore their natural sleep. I was working with a lot of high performing entrepreneurs. And this one particular person was having a serious issue with sleep. And I didn't know anything about sleep. I thought it was a waste of time. I'm like, I have no idea. You know, he's like, I don't want to take medication. He's like, that seems like that's the only thing that's available for me to to kind of solve this. And I was like, well, let me look into it. And so when I looked into it, I was like, wow, oh my gosh, not only is there not a lot of good solutions, but sleep is super important. Then, So then that kind of just piqued my interest and then I just went down the rabbit hole. And the more I looked for solutions for this particular client, the more I was surprised that there really wasn't solutions. And then looking at like the science of what actually happens during the night, how important sleep is, how it's connected to every important aspect of our life that really got me interested in let's dive into this let's learn more about it and let's see if I can create a solution for people that are really suffering and you know, don't want to have to take medication and don't want to have to rely on really band-aid approaches that are useful at some point but mostly people they they abuse them they overuse them doctors don't you know regulate them they just prescribe them. So anyway, that's long story short. That's, that's it in a nutshell.
0: No, I, I love that because I think this, this goes beyond sleep. You know, it enters into medication, any sort of challenges. Notoriously, we address the symptom side of things rather than the core, the crux of it. And this is, there's actually a, a program we want to run at one of my businesses called EOS it stands for entrepreneurial operating system. And one of the things that we it, and we engage in is what's called IDS, identify, discover, solve. So we address the core, the crux of the issue rather than the symptoms of said issue. And this is something that notoriously, whether it's with our habits, whether it's with you know our emotions, whether it's with the goals that we set, We don't really grab onto or focus on the core, the crux of the issue. It's everything that surrounds it. And then we get frustrated and it becomes a compounded kind of thing because we're not actually addressing the trigger. And I feel as if sleep is a core thing that is linked to so many different places in our lives that we just fail to to see or just skim over.
1: You nailed it, Scott. That is it. I, I say sleep is a result. It's not the problem. Sleep is a result. Sleep happens. The body knows how to sleep. Just like you don't have to think about your hair growing, your nails growing, your you know, breathing, your heart beating. Sleep is the same thing. And yet when people see it as a problem and then they're trying to address it with these, you know, band-aids, symptoms, they're, just, and they're seeing it as the problem. And no, 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 sleep is not the problem. Sleep is just a result. And if there was a problem, we need to look at all the things that you're thinking, all the things that you're doing, you're not doing that are creating the result of you not being able to fall asleep or stay asleep. And that's exactly our entire approach at Sleep Science Academy. And we have an incredible success rate because we're not, sleep will happen when we look at all the other stuff that is really the real kind of underlying root issues that people just don't see. And so, yeah, it is really fascinating. Like any aspect of our life, I think, you know, weight loss is the same. Like people say, oh, I'm I'm obese. It's like that's a problem. Well, no, that's not the problem. That's the result of maybe a food addiction, or maybe you manage stress by eating. Like if there is a problem, like that's let's look at that. It's not the weight. Unsleep is the same exact thing. And it it's so important to get sleep. It's foundational for everything. Do you think so, th- this is kind of a, a one
0: reoccurring theme that's been on this podcast is, you know, technology is a, w- a wonderful thing. A lot of things are neither, it's not, you know, good or bad, right? They have their applications. We have very like binary thinking. It's black and white. It's yes or no. It's right or wrong, right? It's Republican, Democrat, like all of these different, you know, just one side, left side. Do you think in a very as technology has increased and our ability to stay connected, right? I I heard this thing that was so spot on. It's like our careers years and years ago, factory, right? You'd start at seven or eight in the morning, factory would shut down, you would go home. Now we wake up our cell phone's right there, depending what your your habits are in the first place, right? We jump on our cell phone, we're getting overstimulated with all of this information, all of this light, same thing prior to bed, and our jobs are pulled in, or our careers, our businesses are pulled home with us. We're connected constantly. You know, I'm I'm really curious. There's what up to, and it's probably more at this point, 70 million Americans that suffer from some sort of sleep challenges. Two parts here do you think that technology has increased that number? And what are the other things in our lives are really adding to these sleep disorders or these sleep challenges that
1: most people I I feel endure? This is such a good question. And to answer a thousand percent, the answer is yes, technology is creating so much damage to our sleep. I heard a, it was the founder, I think the CEO of Netflix say his competition is sleep. It's so prevalent. It, we are so hyper connected, so hyper aroused because we're hyper connected. I mean, these social platforms, they really hijack our brains and you, you start comparing your life to everyone else's life. It's more so, it's not even so much the blue light. I mean, that definitely, there's real science around using the devices late at night and having that disturb your circadian rhythm but it's more so the stress the constantly being connected constantly you know feeling like you need to get back to people instantly whether it's through email or text message or WhatsApp or Facebook like we it's just overwhelming and it's that's a recipe for not being able to relax and if you're not able to relax sleep's not going to happen so it's a real, real issue. And I, I see it even more of an issue with the younger generation than even like, you know, the millennial. Really, if you look at this up and coming, I guess, Gen Z, it's even worse. And I can only imagine what that's going to create as far as habit formation later on in life that's going to really have an impact on people's ability to, to relax and to sleep and to disconnect. It'll be very, very interesting to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, you know you know what's interesting? I, I heard this thing a, a while ago. I don't remember who said it, but it was like humans are not at the top of the food chain because we are strong, right? It's because if we were to boil it down to one thing, it's our ability to adapt, right? Whether it be social changes, environmental changes, all of those things we have continued to adapt and i think about that for a second i put a pin in that and i put it over to the right and i go okay what are some things that we have been able to adapt as a species over you know thousands and thousands of years pretty much everything okay what what is a constant that is very true since the dawn of time it's sleep that's like the thread that goes through the needle to day one of a human to today in 2022 and then I asked myself, okay, well, if we continue to adapt to technology or change around technology and technology changing us, the one constant that I don't see being able to us as a species being able to adapt past or adjust is like, oh, we'll just survive off less sleep. It's like, no, that that's a concern. I, I do not see that happening. And there's so much, and don't get me wrong, again, I love technology, but it has made us like efficient creatures in an ironic form where we're like, how do I get even more out of my day, right? How do I just shove more into my day? And it's like, well, there's only 24 hours. We're up, what, 16 to 18 hours a day on average, somewhere in between there. That doesn't leave a lot of time left for everything else. And then the sleep portion of that, and notoriously for people, sleep is that one thing that continues to get cut, 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 cut. So I'd love to understand from your perspective you know what's happening with our body when we are sleeping like what's the ROI of sleep so we could really be like i got to make this a priority over all else
1: oh my gosh so so we can go into any important area of your life and we can dive into that important area and connect it back to sleep so i always like to start with physical health and longevity just because if you're not healthy and you're not here your relationships your finances all that really doesn't matter because health is you know, the greatest gift that we have. So when we sleep, that is literally when our bodies are repairing and recovering. That's when our glimpse system, which is like the lymph system for your brain flushes out beta amyloid, you know, tau these, these sort of plaques that build up that lead to Alzheimer's dementia. And there's so much now sleep science around studies that show that this is what happens during the night. This is what protects us from these brain diseases as well as every other disease cancer you know our bodies we all have cancer is cells in our bodies and when does our body remove those cancerous cells it's when we're asleep so if we're not prioritizing sleep if we're not getting into the deeper stages of delta sleep and rem sleep our bodies are not having enough time or not getting into the proper stages to clear out those cancerous cells so you're and again, there's a lot of studies that show increased risk of cancer if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not getting enough quality sleep. Now, some people say, well, the people that are having issue sleep are on sleeping medications, and they're also linked to increased risk of cancer. But from a physical standpoint, our bodies repair and recover when we, when we sleep. And what's really interesting, if you look at the, the top professional athletes in literally any sport. And you look at their sleep habits, they all prioritize it. Most of them now have a sleep coach. They're definitely measuring and tracking it. And they're getting a lot of it because they know how important it is to physical recovery. They know how important it is to, you know, mental acuity, which that's sort of where we can go next with you come up with new creative ideas. You're more focused. You're more sharp. You're more connected. You're more present, which leads to making better decisions in your business in your relationships, you're more emotionally stable. You read emotions better. There are studies that show that people that don't get enough sleep misread emotion. So like, for instance, you're walking into a store and somebody looks at you. Maybe they just looked at you and they didn't look at you like, oh, something's wrong with you. But you you saw them and your brain just says, oh, this person's giving me the stank eye. or They're like looking at me like, and it's just because we are not, not able to emotionally regulate or read those emotions and that causes conflict. So literally, I mean, we can go through any aspect of, of life and sleep impacts it. I mean, memory, talk about memory. There's a lot of studies that show when you don't sleep, your brain doesn't function. You can't remember as well. Uh, And that's because short-term memory gets shuttled to long-term storage during the night in certain stage of sleep. Any aspect that's important to you, we can we can connect it back to sleep and why sleep is going to positively impact that specific area. I love that you touched
0: on the the top performers or athletes specifically because you know I brought a, a another remarkable guest on Allen Stein Jr. So he's a performance coach. He's worked with Kobe. Kevin Durant, like some the 1% of the 1%. Wow. And I think at one point prior to our interview, we had quickly touched on this, like two things that they never give up or compromise was one, never run away from the basics or think you're better to not continue to work on the basics. And number two was sleep, like they are very regimented, and they do not compromise that thing. And I feel like it's changing, but I'd love to hear from your perspective. You know, there was very much this hustle culture, right? I got to fit more in like we were kind of talking about earlier. And I think that that accelerated a bit during COVID. And I feel like a lot more people now, at least that I'm engaging with, are starting to say, wait a minute, is this healthy? And is this sustainable long term? And I, myself was guilty for this, I would stay up until like 11, 1130, be like, I can get in more work. And then I'd get up at 6am. And you touched on a couple of those things. And I think, you know, early on your book, you asked, like, if you were to describe your perfect self, what would that be? And for me, it's kind of like clear, concise, agile, elevated, like I want all of those things. And it's really critical. And I'm very regimented now about 530 a.m. I'm up Monday through Sunday. I keep that into the weekend and I'm in bed no later than 10 p.m. Most of the time it's like 930, 940, like I'm starting to go down. I was never that way like three, four years ago, I'd say probably four years ago, and I've made a huge change in my life for this, and I've seen massive impact. My ability, of clarity, being concise, being agile, all of these different things. So if this is so important sleep for us, why do you think so many people are putting this on the the back burner saying like, well, I can't get there. I feel like there's, there's more excuses than there is like, and this is true for more than just sleep, then looking at the options or way like, I'm going to dedicate to figuring out how I make this a priority.
1: Yeah, I think there's two, two answers to that. The first one is people are ignorant, like I once was, to how important it is. And hopefully that's changing with people like myself, like Matt Walker, like Dr. Michael Bruce. There's a bunch of other people that are really trying to push the importance of sleep and prioritizing and protecting it. And and really, giving people solutions to to improve it. So it's a lack of education, which now that is shifting because pop culture now it's cool to sleep. Before it was not cool to sleep, right? You see, like Kim Kardashian and Jennifer Anderson with their aura rings, measure you know doing like sleep battles, like who can sleep better? Gwyneth Paltrow, another one. So so as pop culture starts to kind of shift, and as people look to you know athletes and celebrities for how to live and what's you know how to dress and how to Be right, and as the you know sort of top tier of these athletes and celebrities are you know sharing, yeah, sleep's important. We prioritize it, we protect it. That trickles down, so there's that part. So now that is starting to shift, which is amazing. And then the other part is we we touched on earlier is really just the technology, and people just have a really hard time, even if they now know how important sleep is, even if they want to prioritize and protect it, even if they have strategies to do it. It's just really hard. It takes discipline to turn off, to not go to the next episode of whatever it is you're watching that's so incredible. These shows like Breaking Bad or whatever it is, whatever your flavor is, it's just so easy to just go into the next show and that kind of eats into your sleep time. So it really does take a really strong commitment and discipline. And then there's one more thing, Scott, that I think is really important. And this is, I'm curious if this was your experience, because this was definitely mine and a lot of people that I've worked with over the years. Sleep's one of those things that it's, you don't really realize that you're underslept or how big of an impact it actually will make unless you really commit to a long enough time to making a change and experiencing the change of that specific thing, this being sleep. So sometimes people will say, hey, this week, I'm going to really make sure I protect and prioritize my sleep. And I want to see what that does to my performance, my mental clarity, my emotions. And they do it for maybe a week. And they're like, ah, you know what? I didn't really feel that different. I didn't really have a little bit more energy. I don't feel like I made better decisions. It's not really worth it. And it takes it's one of those things that takes time and consistency to really yield a, a, a real result. And most people just don't realize that they're not operating at their best because they think that, being underslept, that's their norm. So they're like, oh yeah, I think pretty clear. I'm pretty energized. I, you know, I'm, I'm emotionally stable. So most people have this kind of skewed perception of their level of performance. And that would only, they'd only get that other perspective if they were getting consistent, higher quality, better sleep to then say, oh wow, you know what? Actually I wasn't. I thought I had the energy, but now I really know I, I actually didn't have as much energy as, as I thought. And so that's the other sort of Part around this that I think is important to bring up and, and, and mention
0: yeah you 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 hit on a, a couple of core things there. so you know for for me, I think this is very much true with many things, right? whether it be you know in a business deploying some you know marketing tactic, whether it be in our personal lives deploying you know a, a healthier habit or routine. We are very quick to say in a week or two, like ah, it didn't work, and then we pivot. It's like, whoa, you know, the ROI th- uh, thing, you know, it takes a bit that compounding effect for us to see results. And I think just as a species, we're we're really big on like immediate results because nowadays, you know, like from dial-up internet or being on AOL Instant Messenger, quote unquote instant, right, to where what we get back nowadays is so fast, right? We want music, we can quickly stream it, right? We want a a TV show or an ungodly amount of content, we can go on and get it. And so I think that that habit bleeds through to many other things that we do in our life. We automatically think, oh, well, the result's going to be fast because my environment of things that I request from services or companies or, or people is very fast. So, therefore, my actions or lack thereof, whichever side we're looking at, will be the same way. And that's just not true. I think for me, it was continually questioning Am I doing the best that I can do? Am I like actually performing, being 100% honest? Am I performing at 100%? And that answer for a long time was absolutely not. Well, why? Am I not performing at 100%? And one thing that actually helped me too was just getting a whoop band, understanding what my sleep habits were, and looking at my sleep every single morning, and actually continually engaging in my journal to track those habits on a weekly and monthly basis. And it was very obvious from my recovery, from many different things like, wow, I knew this, but now I'm actually extracting data back that is proving those things that i am somewhat assuming and i think that was a really critical visual for me too as
1: well 100 and scott that is where technology actually is very very beneficial you cannot master what you don't measure and before we didn't have technology like the whoop band like the aura ring like even the apple watch is pretty good now to to get that feedback and that's so so important to get feedback as, hey, I'm making this decision and you can actually see it. You can see some data. It's like getting, I like to say it's like getting a blood test and seeing, okay, I have high cholesterol or whatever. And now you can see, let me make some changes in my diet. You go back, eat another blood test. You can see, okay, wow, that made a difference. Same thing here with sleep. It's having the ability to get that feedback can help that motivation loop and kind of confirm that what you're doing is exactly what you should be doing to continue to make progress and and improve in, in this area specifically. So that is, I think, really, really important for people to understand. And now it's just incredible. We live in such a blessed time to have devices that can give us this type of feedback. Because even, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, we just they were nowhere near as accurate as they are now. They're not perfect. But they're consistent and and getting better and better literally every week with the advancing technology that's coming out.
0: You know, kind of back to the question thing is like anything that we engage in in life, I always like to understand, like, is this sustainable? Like really, honestly, is it sustainable? And if you're being honest with yourself, like a lot of things like whether it be eating junk food, not exercising or staying up late, like how long can you actually go and how long is that going to work out for your life? Whether it be an expanding family, engaging in, you know, different things in life, do you have the energy to do that? And when you're honest with that answer, it's almost like that's unfair to do to yourself. We can control these things, and you're taking those things away from yourself, and you're not helping your future self. What would your future self to say to your past self? And I guarantee, sleep will be one of the things. Like, thank you for allowing us to get more sleep. So, I want to understand, you know, how can we optimize our sleep to help us get, you know, the best night's sleep that we we can possibly get.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, I just want to say. Too, I appreciate the question. When you ask better questions, you get better answers, right? And the question, those questions that you were asking are so important to really define those better answers. So sleep optimization, it's not complicated. You don't have to make, but it's, there's really, it's important to understand what controls our sleep is lighting and temperature when we're talking about sleep quality. So those are, there's a lot of levers that you can pull throughout your day. And also, throughout the night that can increase the quality and depth of your sleep. And this is such such a cool thing to think about because we're, we're literally asleep about a third of our lives. And you can make some simple choices that would make that third of your, your life that you're gonna be asleep that much better to make the other two thirds when you're awake even better, even more extraordinary. So when we're, when we're looking at, okay, what can we do specifically? Our body temperature needs to drop two to three degrees Fahrenheit for sleep to happen, right? So anything towards the end of the night that's going to help support the body temperature in dropping is going to create more deep sleep, which is delta sleep, which is where the body really repairs and recovers. And you get most of that type of sleep in the first quarter of the night. So what that could look like is you could actually take a hot shower. And what that does is when you get out of the shower, it helps drop the core body temperature. That's something that I incorporate in my nightly ritual is I take a hot shower, I get out, and it helps the body temperature drop. You could turn, you know, and, and this is called sleep hygiene, by the way. You could turn the, you know, your AC to 68 degrees. You could get a cooling mattress, cooling bed sheets. I sleep on a, a mattress. It is an investment. You want to invest in a really good mattress. It makes perfect sense because literally, again, you're on it a third of your life. It's so practical. And I'm always so surprised by people that even have the the means to get like really high quality. They still skimp on the mattress. I'm like, you spent millions of dollars on your house, on on your living room and on your kitchen, but your bedroom, you're sleeping on. (laughs) What are you doing? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's not pragmatic at all because people don't see the bedroom usually, right? Anyway, getting a, a mattress that regulates your body temperature, a lot of mattresses out there actually, what they do is they store heat. So they don't allow your body temperature to naturally regulate. And if you think about it, if we go back you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, we used to sleep on the ground pretty much with maybe some straw and, or, or on sand or something like that. And that's really thermoregulated. It helps our body temperature stay cool. And so there's that body temperature. You could do cold baths. You could exercise at a certain time, not too close to bedtime because that would, again, raise your body temperature. But if you exercise, you know, in the afternoon, your body temperature then is going to start to drop. It's going to heat up and then it's going to start to drop. So there's, there's that. And then there's all, of course, all the devices, Scott, and we could talk about, you know, there's the, the chili bat pad and the bed jet and the, uh, you know, there's, there's a ton of them out there and they're, they're fun to play with. And some of them do work really well for certain people, but you don't have to go spend all this money to be honest. It's just thinking about, well, how can I support my body temperature dropping towards the end of the day? Like step one. I love that. I love that. So,
0: you know, it's funny that on the mattress piece that you said, I don't remember, this was probably four years ago at this point, I got a purple mattress. Oh my God. No, I have no affiliate with this company at all. But the thing that I love about it, it's super breathable. And I, my wife and I sleep so soundly on this thing. And the the biggest difference for us, aside from the fact that there's like really no pressure points on it was the ability for air to come through and actually cool. Stuff. I slept so cooler. And it's funny because when I travel, obviously we all know we've been to Airbnbs and hotels. where, like, oh my God, this thing's like a, a brick to sleep on. And the other thing that's really funny about this is when I was traveling, I rarely too, you never get a great pillow. And I forget what Marriott I was at. But I was like, this pillow is amazing. Took a picture of the tag of the pillow and actually had some delivered. So by the time I came back home, had those pillows. Best decision I ever made. And I think there's like, you know, it's it's funny. I'll, I'll knock on, you know, Netflix every so often or like really expensive, like Yeezys or something like that. But when it comes to certain things in our life, the support pillars of our life, bed, you should not worry about spending too much money on their shoes. And I don't mean fancy shoes. You're paying for fancy shoes, but shoes that are actually supportive. Focus on the support stuff because you're in them for Most of your day and you know, maybe you work out of your car. So a really comfortable car with good lumbar support is really good. Same thing with an office chair. And so it's interesting. You see these things. It's like, where do I spend most of my time? I'm going to optimize those places that I spend most of my time, or the tools, or devices, or clothing that I'm in, because those things will lead to a healthier, higher quality life. And I think a lot of our our mindset, we're just not framed that way to think about it. But it's obvious when you actually say it out, think about it out loud.
1: Yeah, I love it. I'm right there with you, Scott, on all those things: shoes, car tires, you know, chair or, or you know, desk. It's the things that you use every single day so much, like why not have the best thing that you can afford to support those things versus some of these other stuff that we spend money on that's like, well, we maybe use it once or twice or whatever it is. It's like, but sheets, this is, I want I wanna give a shout out to some sheets here because sheets, and I, I don't have any affiliation with any sheet company, but this makes a huge difference. I got a pair of bamboo sheets as a gift for my wedding. And this was about three years ago. It changed the game. It changed the game. I was sleeping with just cotton, regular, you know, cotton sheets or whatever. Bamboo sheets, if you get the really nice pair of bamboo sheets, and I have, I send really expensive bamboo sheets to clients that refer clients to us. It's like a $400 set of bamboo sheets, and people get back, they're like rave about it. Like, my wife won't take these off the bed. These are amazing. Like, it's a game changer. So, having, even if you don't want to invest in a mattress, you know, just changing your sheets can go a long way. And the ones that I'm speaking of, it's a company called Cozy Earth. They have all kinds of bamboo products. So definitely check them out. There's, but there's other companies out there. But just investing in some really high quality bedding, it's just like, it's a joy to get into bed when it's like, and they're cooling and, you know, antimicrobial and all the things. So your sleep environment is important. I think it's, you know, if we're talking about optimizing our sleep, we have to talk about our sleep environment. And this is, you know, bed, bed sheets, even the colors on your wall make a difference. You know, you don't want bright colors in your bedroom. You don't want, you want something that's more earth tone, like, you know, browns or greens, things that are more soothing help create an environment, which leads us to the next thing, which is lighting. Lighting is so important because lighting is what connects us to our circadian rhythm. And what's really fascinating is every cell in our body has a clock, every cell. And when we are more connected to the Earth's circadian rhythm, our bodies are better well slept. So it's, it's, but most times we're so con- disconnected from lighting because we spend 90% of our time indoors under fluorescent lights, which are the worst type of lights. And then behind these screens, So getting outside first thing in the morning is really a a great way of helping the body recalibrate with the natural rhythm of the earth, of the rising and the setting of the sun. Watching the sunset is another incredible strategy. So if you can get outside, if you can create a schedule where you're getting outside and you're getting light first thing in the morning, and also you're able to watch a sunset, that helps resync your circadian clock. Now, maybe you don't have the time or the space to do that every night, but if you can do it like once a week. At the very minimum, it'll help keep a healthier circadian rhythm. Blackout shades. You want your room as dark as possible, so you can get an eye mask. You can invest in some blackout shades. The little lights, uh, you know, the LED lights on on all of our devices and things like that. Like, get the technology out of the bedroom first and foremost. That would massively make a difference. Most people are watching the worst thing they could watch in bed, which is the news, because it's all negative. And then they go to sleep and what are they dreaming about? All the n- negative things that they just, it's programming that you don't want in your bedroom. So creating a tech-free bedroom is really important. Making sure that it's, you know, it, I like to say, make it like a spa. Make it a sanctuary. Your bedroom, you should like love going into your bedroom. That should be the one room in your home that feels safe. That feels like you walk in and you're like, ah, all of a sudden, like your nervous system sort of relaxes just because of how it looks. It's clean, you know, it's supportive and it has air. Air quality is important too. So you can get an air filter or or something like that, making sure that the air that you're breathing throughout the night. So there's all these little things you could do as far as that goes, but it's important. Just start simple. Don't, you don't have to change the whole thing, but just. Maybe every month, invest in something to make it better. Right, right, and and like you said, there
0: there are options that are not massively expensive. Right, if you can't afford, you know, maybe some high end blackout shades, you can get the the night mask. Right, it's very interesting that you say that because you know when setting up our bedroom, we're really thinking about like kind of the feng shui of the this bedroom, like. It's, it's interesting, you know, your grandmother's house, maybe that you go to when you were a kid, right, visiting all the time, you go into the bathroom, and it was like a spy. you're like, holy crap, I'm going to spend an extra 20 minutes in here just because this is so peaceful in this bathroom, right? Like, that's that vibe. And I feel like when you're in your bedroom, you're 100% right. It's like, this is a big shoe. Right, I spend so much time in here. How can I make this damn place as amazing and spa-like as possible? I think it's a really great way to think about setting up your bedroom because we do it. I mean, you know, during COVID, there were so many articles and people talking about you know setting up your workspace, and you know, I was one of those uh, people sharing that too as well. And it's like, whoa, 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 your bedroom is a really important space that you should be really thinking about the setup and the feel and the emotions and just kind of how relaxing your body is i i, I love that and you know it probably for many people, is like oh, i've tried everything i guarantee what you're sharing here today there's just so many different options and things that we can do to actually improve our sleep and it almost seems like endless, right? That, that list.
1: Well, that, and that's the thing. You don't want to get overwhelmed. So there's the environment. Like when we, at Sleep and Science Academy, we have a, a very specific framework where we work people through. And first we address the mind, the psychology. And there's a lot there for most people that don't have, that have really bad sleep issues. Then we address the body. Then we address the environment. The environment's actually the last thing because the environment is going to help with the quality of sleep but if you have a sleep issue, if you have you know, trouble falling or staying asleep, getting new bed sheets and a new mattress and blackout shades and all the things, that actually is not going to help solve that issue. It's not. Now, for people that don't have sleep issues, doing all that will help the quality and depth of your sleep for sure. It'll support it. But there's a lot of behavior change that needs to take place and also psychological change that needs to take place in order to really solve... The issue of being able to fall asleep and stay asleep. So I really want to make sure that that's very clear. And I think so many people that have sleep issues, they hear so many sleep experts just talk about sleep hygiene and the environment, and then they do all that and they invest all this money, and their room is feeling like a sanctuary. But then they have anxiety. They have anxiety that they carry from their day into their night. They don't have, a, you know, they don't have boundaries. People actually, there's a type of Chronic insomnia called psychophysiological insomnia. And most people that have sleep issues have it and don't know it. And it's this hyper arousal that happens towards the end of the day. People actually, you know, they get anxious about their sleep or if they don't get sleep. And you can kind of think of it almost as like a performance anxiety that's connected to sleep. And if you don't unpack that and sort of understand how to work with that, I don't care what type of mattress you have or bed sheets or what you're doing in your bedroom, your body's not gonna relax. Um sleep's not gonna happen. And so you can't force or control sleep. It's it's but what you can do is you can create the the, the conditions for sleep to happen. Very important distinction for people listening to understand that.
0: So if we're kind of going into that performance anxiety piece, right? How can we kind of unpack or, uh, or unload, right? So there are some practices I've engaged in in the past, actually just writing things that are on my mind to kind of, I think of it like a, a USB port, clicking right into my brain, pulling it out and being like, okay, great. Now I've got all my storage, my capacity back and all that stuff's over there. So like, what are, what are some, you know, maybe things that we could do to kind of unpack this?
1: So what we do and what's really, really effective for people is I have now a list of 50 thoughts that most people that can't sleep well, that have chronic insomnia, that they have. And I, what I have people do is I go, have them go through this list and circle the ones that you know resonate, that they are thinking. And this is so effective for a couple of reasons. First, you realize that th- that's not your thought. If other people are having the same thought, then it's not yours. So there's a little bit of separation from the thought. And then you identify, well, you can start to do inquiry around it. Like, is that thought useful? does it help you sleep is it even true so then we start to do some you know uh shifting around is this thought useful is it true and we can kind of start to first identify the thought see if it's helpful if it's useful if it's not then we can start to work with it and there's a lot of ways to work with thoughts and beliefs and sort of reprogram your mind whether that's reframing or whether that's actually accepting or practicing mindfulness and kind of seeing the thought come in and then seeing what happens, where it goes. Um, So there's a lot of strategies that we sort of teach people, but it always starts with the awareness around what are the thoughts or the beliefs that are creating the hyperarousal in the body. We identify those, then we put in place support and strategies to work with those so that the anxiety comes down. That's awesome. Devin, this has been... uh... This has been awesome.
0: I was super thrilled. This was like such a perfect time to to jump on the uh on the pod with you because I feel like like I said this is something a lot of people are facing or challenged with and myself I- included. And I want to make sure the audience continues to connect with you because you have so much to unpack between your book, your Sleep Academy, like, where can people find you, follow you, grab out, uh, just grab onto your advice? Your Instagram's awesome, by the way. There's so much valuable content. Where can people follow you?
1: Yeah, so on social, it's um, Devin Burke Wellness and you know uh, Sleep Science Academy on YouTube. And then for people that want to learn more about the actual academy, it's just sleepscienceacademy.com. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, I there's we're just really just scraping the surface, Scott, with this topic. And I hope that people that are listening and will listen to this, just take one or two things that really resonated and just apply it because that's how really change happens. And that's, that's what I care about.
0: Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into how to optimize your nights to win your day with Devin Burke. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all and thanks so much for listening.